Welcome to Speak, Lord, in the last week of June 2022. We're talking about discipline. That's the thought for this week. Discipline. And we're going to go to some stories with Peter, story with David, to think about discipline. I've personally been on a journey of discipline. I know where it started. It started last summer when I was exhausted because this midnight sun that we get in Alaska in the summer it makes it so tempting to just not sleep. And I'd be out mowing my lawn at midnight and mid-June. So actually about this time last year, I realized that I was tired at such a level that it was going to take weeks or maybe even months to feel okay again. So I decided to make a commitment to be disciplined and get to bed on time. Well, I really did not follow through with that commitment all summer, but I kept it in my mind. And since then, I've made actually a total of five commitments. These disciplines that I put in my life, I keep track of them every day. I don't always keep these commitments, but I do keep track of when I do and when I don't so I can hold myself accountable. And the whole point is that there are priorities in my life, things I need to do to be the person God has called me to be. And what I've realized is I need to be disciplined in those things or they don't happen. I love the idea of not being rigid, being relaxed. And I remember last summer, as I was thinking about these things, the thought came to me that if I am rigid in a few practices, then I can live the rest of my life with a relaxed presence. Rigid practices, relaxed presence. This has been a big enough thing in my life that I actually plan to do a Speak Lord story on it. Speak Lord stories are one of the new things that are coming in September to the Speak Lord podcast, where it's not a devotional, but it's a story that I bring you about how God is speaking through life and community. But for now, I just bring it up because as I bring back these past episodes that talk about discipline, I am more convinced of the importance of this message than when I recorded these. God has called us to live a life with spiritual disciplines that shape us and actually lead to life more abundant. This first episode is called The Habit Leads to the Extraordinary, and I think you'll make the connection pretty easy about discipline and the message of this episode. This is Speak, Lord, episode 97. I'm Ryan Rogers, and I do this podcast because I love to hear God speak through the words of the Bible, and I want to share that with you. What I want to share today is that the habit leads to the extraordinary. It's the ordinary routine that positions us for the extraordinary experience. And we love the extraordinary, the exceptional, the exciting moments in life. They make great stories. They're fun. They fill up social media. And anyone who's ever pursued God longs for more of those powerful moments. Those moments when you feel it. When great things happen. But you've probably noticed that those experiences don't happen all the time. That's what makes them extraordinary. They are not ordinary. And those experiences are meaningful and they're so worth it, but they're not always remarkable. Peter had an extraordinary experience. We read about it in Acts chapter 10. He saw a vision and that alone would be an amazing experience. He saw heaven open And he heard a voice coming from there. 
he was told that men were coming to him and he had a series of perfectly timed and choreographed divine appointments. So that experience alone is huge. You know that God is leading, but the results of that exceptional moment were also huge. It was big for the theology of the church and the direction of the church in the future. When Peter followed those men, he was led to the house of Cornelius, a Gentile. And he was confused, and he wanted to make sure that they knew that he was only there because God sent him there. He didn't understand what was happening. But then he saw the Holy Spirit fill the Gentiles. And he learned what God was trying to teach him in that moment. That God's blessings are for everyone. God was not just the God of the Jews, but he was a God for all people. I think this had to be a high point for Peter. Even though Peter walked and talked with Christ, this is a major revelation from God. And Peter got to experience the whole thing. How do these extraordinary experiences happen? When we go back to Acts chapter 10, verse 9, we see that it was the habit that led to the extraordinary. It was the ordinary routine that positioned Peter to have this extraordinary experience. Acts chapter 10 verse 9 says, The next day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the housetop about the sixth hour to pray. God didn't tell Peter, Hey, I have an extraordinary experience for you. You just got to go up on that rooftop and pray. Peter just did that because it was his ordinary routine to talk to God. Peter didn't know if this was going to be one of those boring, feel-nothing times of prayer or if God was going to show up in power. It was routine and ordinary. In fact, it says that Peter was hungry and wanted something to eat. So he was probably distracted. He probably couldn't even focus very well on prayer. And while the food was being prepared, he fell into a trance. And that's when he saw the vision. And he was confused. And I just wonder... If Peter didn't have the habit, if he would have experienced the extraordinary, if he didn't make it part of his life to spend time with God in prayer, would he have positioned himself to experience that revelation from God and to go on that journey and see God unfold things in a way that was undeniably the work of the Holy Spirit? God would have made a way for his message to be communicated to his people, even if Peter was not part of it, if he had no habit of talking to God in prayer. But Peter would have missed out. Peter would not have experienced it. That's not what happened every time Peter went on the roof to pray. But it could only happen this time because he did. I find motivation to continue in the routine of good things in life. The prayer the kindness, the service, the hard work, I think those things are worth it in themselves just because they're good things. But they also put me in a position to experience some extraordinary things. We don't know what small act of kindness might lead to incredible results. We don't know what moment in prayer might be a life-changing moment in the presence of God. How is God speaking to you today? Are there some good habits that you've been thinking you need to establish? Or maybe some good habits that are in your life and you're tempted 
to quit. The habit is what leads to the extraordinary. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. You can find more of Speak, Lord by searching Palmer SDA. Well, there it is. The habit leads to the extraordinary. Another episode I want to bring back that has to do with discipline is called The Cost Matters. We need the cost. There are hard times, things we have to give up, and all of that could be just something we whine about, or we could see it as discipline, where God is refining us and shaping us into the people he's called us to be. The cost of following him is not a flaw. It's actually part of the design, and that's all part of the message here in this episode. Discipline and discipleship require us to give up something. So here's the episode the cost matters. I want to share that with you. So I pay a lot of attention to what things cost. It could be a flaw, but I think it's a gift. Some people don't look at price tags, and I can't do that. The other day I was in the self-checkout, and I had this massive bag of carrots that wouldn't scan. So the attendant came to help me and asked if I remember what the price tag said for the carrots. I knew it. It was $12.99. I also knew that it was a better price per ounce than the two pound bag or the five pound bag. And the big bag was organic. Cost matters. I usually look for a lower cost, but cost actually matters the other way too. It matters that we have to pay for things. God tells us that there is a cost to following him. He could have taken the cost away, but the cost actually matters. In 2 Samuel 24, we see the story of David taking a census of the people. It seemed like a harmless thing, but God didn't want him counting the people and feeling the pride of his large kingdom. So Joab questioned the king. He said, May the Lord your God add to the people a hundred times as many as they are, while the eyes of my Lord the king still see it. But why does my Lord the king delight in this thing? Why are you doing this, David? Joab didn't have a good feeling about this, but David did it. It took nine months and 20 days. And we read that David's heart struck him after he had numbered the people. And David said to the Lord, I have sinned greatly in what I have done. So there was this prophet named Gad who came to David with three options. There was a cost associated with the sin. The options were seven years of famine, seven months of being pursued by enemies, or seven days of plague. David chose to fall into the hands of God and not man because God is more merciful. He chose the seven days of plague and 70,000 were killed. That is a huge cost. And Gad came to David and said, Go up, raise an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Arana, the Jebusite. So he did. And Arana says, Why are you here? And David said, To buy the threshing floor from you in order to build an altar to the Lord that the plague may be averted from the people. So Arana says, Let my lord the king take and offer up what seems good to him. Here are the oxen for the burnt offering, and the threshing floor sledges, and the yoke of the oxen for wood. All this, O king, Arana gives to the king. And Arana said, May the lord your God accept you. David wanted to pay for it, and Arana says, No, it's yours. Just stop this plague. Do whatever you need to do. But the king says to Arana, No, but I will buy it from you for a price 
I will not offer burnt offering to the Lord my God that cost me nothing. So David bought it, he offered the burnt offering, and God stopped the plague. David refused to give an offering that cost him nothing. And it sounds strong and noble, but why does it matter? Why did it need to cost David? The cost matters not because God needs it, but because we do. The cost is not to gain salvation, but to be a disciple. Salvation is free. Isaiah 55 starts this way. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Salvation is a free gift of God, but discipleship, following God, that cost us something, not for his sake, but for ours, to free us from this world, to be fully surrendered to him. There's this passage in Luke about the cost of discipleship. Jesus says, if anyone comes after me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brother and sister, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Then he gives those illustrations about counting the cost to build a tower or to go into battle. And he says, so therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Another place in Luke, Jesus says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. See, the cost is not to earn anything from God. It is to free our hearts to follow him with everything. The cost is not a flaw. It's part of the design. And since the cost matters, we should not try to get out of paying the cost. Maybe the cost, the very thing we don't want to give, is what God is using to accomplish a necessary work in our heart. I want to have that same attitude David had when he said, I will not sacrifice what cost me nothing. How is God speaking to you today? Maybe you need to give up something to follow God more fully. Maybe you need to make financial sacrifices to be more free to follow God. And maybe you're giving a lot right now, emotionally or at work, and you're feeling like the cost is really high. Don't run from the cost. God has a purpose for the cost to help us be less entangled with the things of the world and be fully surrendered to him. The cost matters, and rather than avoiding it, I want to allow God to accomplish in me what he wants to do through the cost. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. You can find more of Speak, Lord. I hope that God is speaking to you about discipline, that you're considering commitments and letting the Holy Spirit lead you to be faithful to those commitments. We're going to finish up this week with a message from Rue. This is Speak, Lord, for Kids, episode 64. Speak, Lord, for Kids! Matthew 16, 24 through 26. Then Jesus said to his followers, If any one of you want to be my follower, you must stop thinking about yourself and what you want. You must be willing to carry the cross that is given to you for following me. And 
Any of you who try to save the life you have will lose it, but you who give up your life for me will find true life. It is worth nothing for you to have the whole world if you yourself are lost. God wants us to give away some things to follow Him. In fact, He wants us to give away everything, even our lives. And that doesn't mean that we die. That means we live a different life with Him. And those who try to live the way they want will find that they wasted it. But those who live with God will find the happiest life. So give your whole life to God. That's what He's asking for, and it is worth it. Speak Lord is a resource of the Palmer Seventh-day Adventist Church. Find us online at palmerak.adventistchurch.org and at pestabiomatchers.com. Let's grow with Jesus.